Welcome to episode seven of ACCP's podcast. You're listening to part one of a two-part episode. During part one, the authors of the review article titled Pediatric Obesity, Pharmacokinetic Alterations and Effects on Antimicrobial Dosing, which is published in the March 2017 issue of Pharmacotherapy, discuss the pediatric obesity epidemic. In part two, the authors will discuss antimicrobial dosing in pediatric obesity. To listen to part two of this podcast, just select and download episode seven, part two. Thank you, and we really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Welcome, listeners. This is John Bosso. I'm one of the scientific editors uh, of pharmacotherapy, specializing in both infectious diseases and pediatrics in terms of handling and uh, processing articles for the journal. And I've been invited to host today's podcast um, on the theme of pediatric obesity. On the phone with me, I have Stephanie Natale and Jennifer Lay uh, from California, who uh, recently published an article in Pharmacotherapy in the March edition entitled Pediatric Obesity, Pharmacokinetic Alterations, and Effects on Antimicrobial Dosing. Now, to start things out, I'd like uh, each of these authors to tell us a little bit about themselves and their backgrounds. And let us begin by, yes, I can go ahead and start. Um, let us begin by expressing our sincere gratitude for providing Dr. Natale and I this opportunity to share our research in pediatrics with a focus on obesity. I myself have been practicing pediatric infectious diseases for over 17 years now um, at Miller Children's and Women's Hospital in Long Beach, California, and conducting research in pharmacokinetic modeling as part of my award from the National Institute of Health for the past seven years at the Skag School of Pharmacy within the University of California in San Diego. And uh, hi, John. Um, I've, I'm actually a pediatric pharmacist. I started out in the acute care setting at Rady Children's down in San Diego. And now I'm actually shifted more into the community setting where I can um, provide a focus on public health, such as in this obesity and antimicrobial. My area of research has been in both um, the public health setting as well as um, antimicrobial dosing, particularly with a focus on the pediatric population. So I've been doing that for about 10 years now. Very good. Well, thank you for that uh, background. The I have to say that I think the average American, perhaps, and certainly the typical uh, listener to this podcast probably is well informed about the obesity epidemic, at least as it pertains to the adult population in our country, but I would guess less so in terms of the pediatric population. Can one of you uh, give us a feel for the nature and extent of the so-called pediatric obesity epidemic. It's so interesting that the pediatric population is finally getting some of the attention that they desperately need in regards to this obesity epidemic. I know we've all for a long time been aware of the health consequences of obesity, particularly in adults, but not as 
commonly paid attention to the effect in children. And there's as many as 45 million overweight and obese children worldwide. And actually in the last, gosh, even 15 years, that the incidence of obesity has actually more than doubled in the third world countries, in Africa and in Asia, which is shocking considering we're, we always think of these countries as, you know, places where nutrition is a big issue, but not, you know, from the perspective of obesity. So this problem is actually gaining even more ground worldwide. In the U.S. specifically, there's been a huge focus from the early 2000s to now focusing more on children and obesity. Um, and so actually we've seen that, that, in, that increase kind of level off a little bit in the last, 15 years or so, but that the biggest strides have been made in the younger children, you know, ages two to five. We are still seeing the older children, six to 18, as well as the highest risk populations, the low income, Hispanic, the non-Hispanic, African-American populations, obesity is still going up in these groups. So this is clearly both a developing and an ongoing problem. And I think we're going to see the full force of the health consequences of this as these children grow up. I mean, we're looking at at least 15 to 20 years out before, you know, we can really see the long-term consequences in terms of their health and their, the health care that they're going to need. Thank you. As a, as a follow-up to that, I'm curious, I know that in the, following the adult literature on obesity, that the spread worldwide of the obesity problem has been linked, at least theoretically, to more and more urban dwellers um, slash less physical activity on the one hand. And on the other hand, uh, the availability of so-called energy-dense foods, uh, which are often fast foods and whatnot. Is, is that also true on the pediatric side? I think it's even more of a problem in the pediatric side. A lot of these children, and especially in the highest risk areas, you know, their parents are working. The, the, the emphasis isn't on healthy, nutritious foods. It's on, you know, survival. We need, we need calories. We need dinner. We need lunches. We need breakfast if we can even afford it. So, you know, it's what's available. And I'm sure that you've heard the concept of a food desert, which is in these urban dense areas where there's just not these healthier nutritional options available to them. And so, yeah, fast food becomes very prevalent. And I know that, you know, a lot of the educational systems are trying to address this problem. And that's another, another comment for another day, but it's, it's certainly an issue. And I think even more at risk you know, more of an issue in the pediatric population because they have even fewer resources for themselves than an adult would. Right. Thank you. So if, if we yeah. can turn to some of the substance of, of your actual paper, one thing I wanted to ask about or refer to is, is you discussed a BMI or body mass index calculations <laughs> and and subsequent body size classifications from the CDC. Mm -hmm. And what I, so what I wanted to ask is we know that the classic World Health Organization classifications, which is what most people refer to, at least on the adult side, um, are questionable, at least for people in our country. 
is they're based on a quote-unquote normal body weight of 70 kilos and a typical height of 5 foot 7 inches. We know that neither of those is really true for the American adult population. <laughs> and, and I'm wondering, um, are there similar concerns from the pediatric perspective based on the CDC interpretations, or have they corrected for this phenomenon? I suppose, you know, whenever you're trying to create um, indices such as this, it's it's almost impossible to correct for so many different things. The, these classifications have been made based on population averages, and, and even the CDC, the population that they based a lot of, even the more recent ones from 2000 on, that's from the early 90s. Um, clearly, our population, the demographics have shifted, you know, different um, cultural shifts and things like that. Um, so, so we kind of have to approach that with these limitations in mind. Um, the BMI in children and adolescents is purely measured against that of other children as a whole. So you're comparing children to other children. Are we comparing some more or not? We do the best we can, but the problem is those other children in a lot of these groups were mainly Caucasian. There were some low income, but they there weren't a good representation of some of the other formerly minority groups during during the when these um, classifications were made. Also, something that's really interesting is that we talk about the how the CDC defines overweight and obesity in children, and overweight is defined as having a BMI that's greater than the 85th percentile, and obese is greater than the 95th percentile of the BMI um, CDC classification. Um, however, there's really no good research-based, risk-based analysis for these cutoffs. They're really best guess. We know that the risk of health problems and complications goes up as your BMI goes up, but we don't really have a good feel for, okay, above the 95th percentile, you're you know, twice as likely to have complicating health problems as you get older, or is it only 10%? Um, so sometimes there's the danger of we're putting kids into these classifications that can have big impacts on them and their families, but we're not too sure what the actual risk of these are. And this can even be more pronounced the younger the child, um, going from just underweight to obese in, say, a three- to five-year-old, you're looking at about a four- to five-pound shift. I mean, that's very small when you think about the, the grand scheme of things. So I would say probably, yeah, probably – no, they haven't really truly corrected for this, and there's certainly room to look into this more. Thank you. It's it's obviously a complicated um, order to fill to come up with something that, that will fit all populations in our very diverse mm -hmm. country. 